The Seattle Seahawks fall to the Green Bay Packers 19-15 in their final preseason action here before we start up here in a couple weeks and these games start to actually count. The Seahawks gave the Packers all they could handle through four quarters of play and took it right up to the edge. There were Holton Allers was trying a two-minute drive and got him right near the goal line at the end. Just couldn't quite seal the deal as the Packers were able to pick the ball off at the end and come away with the victory. This one coming into, you kind of thought, was going to be hard for our Seattle Seahawks to come away with the win. As the Packers, the previous week in their second preseason game, one in which they were trying to have their starters play a good amount of the time, Saw that preseason game cut short due to the player being taken out on the stretcher and them just straight canceling the game. That meant the Packers were going to run their ones in this game in a game where you're going to be starting out mainly your twos. And then as you went through the game, their twos were going to play against your threes. So you were going to be a little bit behind it as far as them having that advantage over you. And considering that, I think our Seattle Seahawks team held up pretty darn well. The defense had its moments there with the run game where it was able to make some hay. And then for the most part, I would say this defense was able to stop the run. Yes, 164 yards looks bad on paper when it comes to the Green Bay Packers and what they got done today. But it took them 45 rushing attempts to get up to that 164 yards. They averaged only 3.6 yards per carry, which is a defense. If you look at that base bottom line number, you say, we feel pretty good about our effort defensively to stop the run when that is the case. The reason they had as many attempts as they did was that you were not able to get this Green Bay Packer team off the field on third down. They were nine for 18 on third downs today. And a lot of that was on the back of the Seahawks running vanilla coverages. I'm not going to knock this, but I think it's something worth just kind of keeping uh, paying attention to in this preseason, especially this game, in drawing too many conclusions about this team, especially as far as the schematics are concerned. This team has run offensively, offensively and defensively throughout this preseason, basically vanilla game plans. You're seeing a lot of soft zones and, and deep zone drops into coverage. You were seeing that on third downs in this game, even in third downs where it might be a third and four and third and five, but you're seeing the, the corners dropping with depth points post-snap. Nobody was really running tightly in the coverage, which was then opening up the door for the backers to be able to then convert those third downs over and over and over again. And Jordan Love wasn't trying to push the ball up the field when he was playing in this game. He was going to take those those dink and dunks and take the first downs and call it a game. So I won't take too much away from what was going on in the run game. Overall, throughout this preseason, the Seahawks defense has been improved in the run game. Still something to pay attention to for this upcoming year as it does potentially remain a weakness. Still something to pay attention to as a position that the Seahawks can upgrade here, especially around this cut down day that's going to happen on Tuesday, where you're going to have upwards of about 1,400 players hit the open market. Maybe a guy that can help them along that defensive line. Though I will say, go tell the defensive lineman that nobody's really thinking has a chance to make the roster here was very active down on the defensive line today. He was all over the place, kind of almost start to finish down there on that line, looking really good as a run stuffer there from the Zero Tech. Maybe a guy that will make this roster with Cameron Young struggling to come back from an injury, the fourth round pick from your Seattle Seahawks. Michael Jackson also had himself a real tough day on the outside. This coming off the real poor performance against the Cowboys last week, and it was even worse this week. Early on, Jordan Love was attacking him on those coverages where he was hitting him underneath on those short little routes and you're seeing Jackson dropping into bail depth and him hitting the underneath stuff and you're going, well, there's not a lot Jackson can do about that. He's got to play to depth there and they're just attacking him there. But then you'll see Jackson then a, a couple of plays later try to jump a route and then get beat over the top where it was just Jordan Love underthrowing the ball and then Christian Watson just straight dropping the ball, which was the only reason that that big deep ball down the field was not complete on Jackson at that point. He gave up a couple of other completions in this game. He just looked out of sorts, including a fade ball down around the end zone on Christian Watson. 
The guy just does not look good here in this preseason. And this is discouraging because this is coming on the back of Coach Carroll saying he was the most impressive player in minicamp. He was almost dominant, Coach Carroll had said at minicamp. But he's looked even a bit like almost a shell of what he played last year. He wasn't bad last year, but he's looked nowhere near even that performance so far in this training camp. And I have to think that this is going to open things up for Trey Brown to go in there and then take that job. As Trey Brown did look good last week, and strangely, I didn't see a lot of Trey Brown up on the football field this week, which either means Mike Jackson's is cemented in that second place, or maybe already ahead of time, the coaching staff saying, no, it's going to be Brown's job. He's won it. He'll be our number uh, two corner opposite Tariq one. And we just got to go with it at that point and call it a day. Defensively, uh, there was a, some good performances, uh, some okay. Uh, the linebackers, Ben Burkerve and John Radigan were fine. Uh, again, in this game, there was a, a play where I believe Radigan just got you know, beat again in coverage pretty bad, which was tough. But these are back-end linebacker guys. So you're not going to think you know too much about them. Uh, Levi Bell, a guy that I know a lot of people are very interested in seeing about the possibility of him making the roster, managed four tackles, one tackle for loss. He was a little more active in the run game today, but didn't bring as much pass rush into play. You uh, also had Tariq Smith continuing to flash, which I think is going to make it harder for at this point, a guy like Levi Bell to make the rosters. I don't think the Seahawks are going to hold on to six edges. Tariq Smith was, again, very active in this game. Again, looking really good coming back after that injury last year where he missed the whole season last season. He looks like he's going to be pretty embedded now as your fifth edge. So I liked what I saw from him. Jarek Reed, after having a really good first preseason game and then having kind of a meh second game, came back and had a really strong, strong, strong uh, play here. Six tackles in this game, including two tackles for loss from Jarek Reed, doing that from the safety position, which I thought was uh, very encouraging to see from him. He was uh, flashing all over the field again. You really see his speed and his quickness really come to play, really come to bear, and uh, that is really nice to see. Not a lot of other guys I thought flashed too much along this team. It was a team that defensively, it was really about bending all day, but never quite breaking. And boy, they bent they bent low. I mean, it was rubber band bending, but never quite snapping, never quite breaking, always getting rigid at just the right moments. And that was good to see from this defense is they, they held on strong, even when, again, they're playing first stringers to our second stringers, their second stringers to our third stringers. And yet those guys still really, really held up on the road in Lambeau at 10 a.m. Um, it's why I come out of this game feeling more encouraged here than anything else. I'm not discouraged, but encouraged. Offensively, Drew Locke was going to get a chance to roll this whole game. He had his time cut short last week after that somewhat of a dirty play by Sam Williams going into his ankle. Came back this week. The coaches said, let's get this guy some run. We might have to call upon him this year. Let's let him have a chance to really go out there and make some throws and play some football in this game so that he feels good if we do have to call upon him. Bit of a mixed bag from him. Not all of his fault. He was 16 to 25 for 150 yards. He only averaged about six yards per attempt, one touchdown. Some of it was the lack of pass protection, which wasn't great in this game as your backup stone fourth side, Jay Curry, and especially on the outsides. They could struggle at times in this game. Um, the offensive play calling was pretty vanilla, which didn't help out Drew Locke a tremendous amount either. He had a couple of really great throws where he really does show off that arm talent, and you really see it from him where you're like, wow. Um, the Jake Bobo throw where he's got to hold and wait on that ball and kind of fall off the back foot, let it rip, and then get it back into the back corner was very impressive on that throw to complete that in there. Um, Jake Bobo we'll talk about in a second, of course. He had another deep throw in this game as well, in addition to that, where he put it right down on the line to Aesop Winston, who came on a drive and made three catches on one drive after having a very quiet day. And where you see on those throws where Drew Locke is just so impressive. And overall, played a clean game. The thing that I talked about in preseason I wanted to see from Drew Locke was minimizing the turnover-worthy plays. 
Don't less of those throws where that should have been picked. What are you doing making that throw? Um, there was a throw out on on a play to Bobo where he was a little late getting it out to the sideline on Bobo, and the corner was able to jump the route and nearly picked it off. It's the only real pure bad throw that I thought Drew Locke really had today, but it stands out where there's always one of those throws when he's playing that you're going to get at some point or another where he's going to give the other team an opportunity to go make a play. And if that corner made that pick there, that would have been taken back you know, for a pick six in that moment. Drew played okay in this game, though, overall. Again, not a lot set ahead of him to, to be able to go out there and really flourish as he was operating like the Packers' offense. He had operated the start with his twos on offense against their ones on defense to begin that game and through a, a good portion of that first quarter. That was going to make it tough sledding, both offensively and defensively because of that. Just, it's going to be harder when I'm going ones against twos anyway. Doesn't matter whether it's high school football or pro football that we're talking about. Jake Bobo. Only two catches again today, but two very impressive catches. He got over the top for the end zone there at the half to get a touchdown, which was a nicely run route. Great catch. But his most impressive play was actually a little bit of a shorter throw that Drew Locke threw to him early on in the game, where it's an out route, and Drew's throwing the ball hard and away from Jake Bobo's body. And it's a short route, and that much velocity on that kind of throw to have to catch it out away from your body can be a little bit difficult. Bobo reeled the ball in very easily and quickly, got the ball right back upfield. Only a couple of catches, but there is no doubt that Jake Bobo has solidified himself as now the fourth wide receiver on this roster as the guys are injured. And then once you do get back JSN, I don't know, man. There may be a chance here, even with Eskridge coming back in week six, that as good as he's played, it's going to be hard to try to stash him away on the practice squad because you have to feel like some team's going to jump all over this kid if he is out on the open market. That's a decision for week six down the line. Through the first at least five, six weeks of the season, this kid is going to be on the active roster. Don't know how much play he's going to be getting, but boy, he has been as impressive as an undrafted rookie free agent receiver as we have seen here since probably going back to Doug Baldwin. It's been that long that we've seen a guy have this kind of impact in a preseason and look this good. And I don't think that this is just a flash in the pan situation with Bobo. I think this guy has some legitimate upside to this team as being a part of the plans as we move into the future. Not saying a future starter or a future star, but a guy that's going to remain on this roster and looking like uh, a gem of an undrafted rookie free agent pickup. No doubt about that. Uh, Aesop Winston wasn't all over the place in this game. He just came up for that one drive where he made three successive catches up the football field to get them down that football field. But uh, coming back in action with three catches and 74 yards is going to help to put him in contention with Cody Thompson now as that last roster wide receiver spot. Um, you know, maybe a couple other names could be mentioned in here, like a Tyjon Lindsay type that could be worked in here as well. But I think it does come down to those two guys for who's going to probably earn that last roster spot. And maybe it comes down to who plays special teams better at that point in time. Running the Rock. DJ Dallas, four carries, 43 yards, including a 27-yarder. He ran strong. He ran smart. He ran hard. He's not a flashy kind of runner, but he just gets the job done, and he gets forgotten about by a lot of Seahawks fans because he isn't flashy, because he doesn't do a whole whole lot of things that really stand out to you. But he's a necessary part of this team and that he's going to show up on both sides of the special teams all over the place from kick return, punt returns, all that, um, both as a kick returner and then in defense, going down tackling and whatnot. He also is a guy that might be your clear-cut best third down back on this team and a guy that's underrated as a runner. He averaged 5.3 yards per carry last year. Yeah, it was only on about 33, 34 carries or so, but he still was efficient on the carries he was given. And he's got a good pair of hands in the backfield as well. Nice to see him come out and play well. Sadodrick Thompson solidified himself as the number five running back on this roster. He is going to be your practice squad running back number one. And he again ran really well. Only seven carries, 17 yards. He did have three catches for 16 yards, but he ran hard. He ran good. 
there just wasn't a lot of holes in the ground game on this offensive line throughout the whole course of this preseason. It was what it was. You had some big plays that you were able to bust off in this preseason with Sadodrick, with DJ Dallas, with even Zach Charbonnet busting out a big run. But the consistency of runs and the consistency of opening up holes just wasn't there much here in the preseason. Some of that I come back to wondering if maybe that's a little bit of you just running such a vanilla game plan. For instance, in this game, you didn't run one fly sweep at all during the whole course of the football game. Kind of odd. And I don't think that's going to be how they're going to roll it when we come to the regular season. But I still think Sadodrick has been an impressive player, especially as far as just having a fifth string guy goes on a particular roster. This was a bit of a slog game. You had as an offense, you were not able to find your footing through most of this football game. Everything was kind of out of sorts, a lot of three and outs. Your defense really held on and held strong. Yeah, there was a lot of bending. Yeah, there was a lot of third down conversions. You didn't do a lot of exotic stuff, though. You were making it vanilla, which on top of having their ones play versus your twos and their twos versus your threes, then you're going to run a vanilla on top of it. That's going to make it tough for your defense to find any kind of success in a football given game, uh, much less keeping a team down to 19 points as the Seahawks defense was able to do while playing deep, deep, deep into their roster as they truly were. The offensive performance would have been nice to see a little bit better from it, but I don't think that when we come to the regular season, we're going to be looking at our roster going, oh, this is what's holding us back. This is what's preventing us from reaching our greatest state is that the offense is underperforming. You get Tyler out there, you get DK out there, we got Kenneth Walker back out there rolling in the offensive line in full force. You're going to feel this offense in full effect. So don't feel too sad about this game, Seahawks fans. It's a bit of a bummer of a loss. It was a little bit of a slog as a game. It was a little bit of a long game to go through at times. But it was a game where you got to still see a lot of the really quality depth that this team does have. You saw flashing from players that you wanted to see flashing from so that that could increase and help out the depth a little bit more. And you took this Packer team right up to the edge, right up to the brink as you were playing on the road, 10 a.m., those ones against your twos, those twos against your threes. So you got to still feel pretty strong about that performance, in my opinion, at the end of the day. Not that there aren't a couple concerns to walk away from, but this preseason, I think, has gone as great as you could ask it to go. And I think the Seahawks have definitely set the table here for a successful season. And maybe, dare I say even, to push for that division championship and overtake the San Francisco 49ers, who do look like they've got a couple little bit of dings in their particular armor for this upcoming season. My name is Brandon Kane. This is the Hawks Nest. Please hit the like button. Please subscribe. But beyond all that, don't you ever forget, go Hawks.